What's up? Thanks for joining me today on Build Your Tribe. Are you in a business, an industry that's really hard to stand out because there's so many people doing it? Well, if you are, you're going to love today's episode. In particular, I think this is going to be really interesting for those of you who are in direct sales. But frankly, I mean, it's applicable for me. It's applicable for anyone who's in a business where you need customers. So what is the best way to stand out when you're in a business that's highly competitive? There's a lot of people doing the same thing that you're doing. Nope, I'm not talking about social media strategies. Today, we're going to dig into the old-fashioned practice of being grateful, of giving gifts, meaningful gifts, personal gifts. This forgotten art form is going to help you stand out and be remembered in the minds of your prospects and VIPs. Today, you're going to hear from John Rulin. John Rulin is the author of a book called Giftology. But what's really cool about John's story and the reason why I'm bringing him to you today is because he is the world's leading authority on how to maximize customer loyalty. Now, whether you're trying to attract new customers or trying to build that loyalty, that unbreakable trust that you need with your top downline, the key is understanding how to honor them. John's got a great story that starts in network marketing, direct sales. By the time John was a senior in college, he had become Cutco's. That's a knife company, which you probably heard me talk about it before. It's the company I started with in network marketing when I was in college. Now, I didn't do it for very long, but John became Cutco's largest international number one performer out of 1.5 million other sales reps. He developed a system of using generosity to gain access to elite clients and, in the process, generated thousands and thousands of referrals. Today, he is the founder of Giftology and has been featured on Fox News, Forbes Magazine, Fast Company, Inc., and The New York Times. His firm now automates this process for individuals and organizations like Fortune 500 organizations, Keller Williams, the Chicago Cubs, Caesars Palace, UBS, Raymond James, and Dr. Horton, just to name a few. So whether you're trying to stand out with prospects and build those budding relationships, or you recognize the value of needing to reward your top performers in such a way that builds lasting loyalty, John's strategies will definitely give you the edge. John, I don't know if you know this about me, but my very first exposure to network marketing was with a company called Cutco or selling Cutco knives while I was a student at Michigan State. I loved it. I freaking loved it. I loved the product. I still own that original set. Come on. Uh, Seriously, I've since purchased multiples. And I think it's one of the reasons why I am really partial to someone who's interested in starting a business to look into network marketing because you really learn a system, you learn a process, you learn so much, but without having to incur the expense of product development and shipping and all those crazy things. So Thank you today for kind of expanding our minds and helping us to think about the business of network marketing in a way that allows us to just do something that's truly unique and fulfills our purpose. Yeah. Well, there's a number of universities, Purdue, Michigan State now, that make it a requirement to sell Cutco to graduate with a certain degree. And it's because of the real world sales. Purdue's had a program for over 20 years. I did not know this. This is shocking. This is so cool. Direct sales, I mean, there's network marketing, direct sales, they're kind of like brother and sister. The idea of being able to have 
be an entrepreneur, but have the support of a million or billion dollar company behind you and have like, you don't have to worry about fulfillment. You just got to go out and build relationships and sell. And so, yeah, I, I interned with Cutco similar to you 20 years ago. I was 20 years old in college and decided to build a whole business around it as a gifting agency. And Cutco to this day is still our number one product after 20 years, which people are like, really the stupid, not like the New York Times are like, you still do the knife thing? I'm like, people still eat. They're actually cooking 30,000% more. So yeah, we sell millions of dollars of that same product that started with the college student thing 20 years ago. Well, you have a really unique perspective. I think that most all of us need to recognize the importance of relationships when it comes to building a business. We've become too reliant on the fact that if we create this incredible social media following or page, if you will, a social media profile that people are going to find us. And if they don't, well, then it's the algorithm's fault because I built it and they were supposed to come. Talk to me about the myth of that line of thinking. Well, I think that right now, like nobody cares about gifts, but everybody says they care about relationships. And really like every business, I don't care if you're a solopreneur or whether you're Google. Like when I spoke at Google, they're like, hey, does this work in technology? And I'm like, are there human beings here? And they're like, yeah, 60,000 of them. I'm like, well, then it works. Like, yes, you can have a social media following. Yes, you can have, you know, like Russell Brunson, Dave Woodward, those guys are like clients of ours. Funnels are awesome, but you still have to interact as a human. People still do business not with a company. They still do business with humans. Yeah. And so like relationships matter. Like people say like, you know, like I'm great at showing gratitude. And I'm like, really? You're great at feeling gratitude, but showing gratitude is an action. That means you actually have to do something and show up for people. And most people think they're a seven out of 10 when it comes to showing gratitude and appreciation. And really they're a negative three because mm. they're feeling all these things, but nobody's like handwriting the notes. Nobody's following up. With a real one-to-one -one video, everybody thinks they can just do things automated at this scale. But usually businesses of all sizes rise and fall based upon a couple dozen or even a handful of mentors, investors, key, downline, whatever it is. Like it's a handful of people. It's not millions of people. Yeah, especially in those early stages. But even today, I'm not in the early stages of my business, but I've found that the more personal touch and interaction I can have with the right customers, I'm going to get better suit, like we're a better fit for each other. It's worth my time and effort to do that. Before we go further, can you give us a sense of how do we know how to rate ourselves? You said most people think that they're doing much better in terms of expressing gratitude. What are some of the ways that we need to perhaps evaluate our own gratitude appreciation abilities? Yeah. So I always ask people, I say, you know, you have a marketing plan, you have a finance plan, a business plan, what's your relationship plan? You know, like your dream 100, your dream 50, your top 500 relationships. How are you putting your money where your mouth is? What are you reinvesting back into those relationships? And most people look at you like a deer in the headlights. They're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, if you don't have a plan, somebody else is going to take that person away as a client or as an influencer, or as a downline based upon how they feel. Like we all make justifications and you know, about how we like somebody based upon how we feel about them. And it's usually like a gut feeling, like that person treats me as a person, as a human, or that person looks down on me, or is kind of treating me, taking me for granted. And yeah. so I tell people like, you better have buckets of like, hey, this is our most valuable relationships. These are the most valuable partners that we want to build a relationship with. And then like, what's our seven year plan? Like the biggest clients we've worked with, Chicago Cubs, DR Horton, the largest home builder in the country. I gifted them and loved on them for seven years before they became a client. It's sexy because of Vaynerchuk and all these people to talk about playing the long game. But most people's long game is like, oh, I did something for seven days. I did something for seven months. I'm like, 
you're not even getting warmed up. Like, like you have to show up for people consistently over yeah. years. Yeah. The best people, like they want to see that you're for real year after year after year. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, that person's not going anywhere. Their business is actually solid enough. Maybe I'll entertain looking more into what they're doing. And so most people don't have that relationship plan. It took us 20 years to develop who you should be appreciating. Like, how are you personalizing? What's their inner circle? Like most people are like, well, I did this for my top 100. I'm like, are they married? They're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, 80% of our gifting budget when somebody hires us to do all their gifting is targeted at their inner circle. So their spouse, their kids, their pets, and their team are their assistant. The decision maker, think about Pat Flynn, you, you guys get like me, when I golf, I get to golf with John Maxwell at Pebble Beach. If you want to get on my radar, it takes a lot. If you want to get on your radar, but if you take care of the people on the periphery around them and make that person look like the hero to their wife, their husband, their kids, their pets, their assistant, like that's where, like when we landed our first MBA team, it was because of how I treated the CEO's assistant, Cheyenne, not because I sent gifts to Alex, don't get me wrong, the CEO, but I sent the same gift to the, the assistant every time for two years straight. And the assistant became my internal advocate. She's the one that sold the big six-figure deal. Not Alex, he could give two rips. He's flying privately and going to wine and dine, all that kind of stuff. And so that relationship plan, having a strategy that's just as detailed, not, oh, at Christmas, I send Christmas cards or I send fruit baskets. I'm like, that's not a gifting plan. That's yeah. not a relationship plan. That's a, a obligatory check the box crap. Like that's not how we build deep emotional relationships. I love what you're saying. It's so true. Because everything that you're saying, I'm like nodding, thinking about when I get gifts at Christmas, I'm like, whatever. I know that this person sent it to everybody. And first of all, they sent me chocolate, which means they really don't know me. Like if you're yep. sending me a giant box of chocolates, you don't know that I'm a health professional. You're sending me something I have to re-gift. They spent money. Think about this. Most companies spend money to offend their most important relationships. Hi, tweet that. Most people... Leaders, hey, here's a gift card. You don't matter. Go buy your own gift. Hey, here's a, a nice Lululemon jacket, but it has our logo the size of a softball on it. Go be an advertisement for us. Hey, it's a book launch. It's all about me. Here's a bunch of swag that you're going to have to throw into the trash or give you goodwill. You want to be green? You want to be healthy? Like, don't give crap that ends up in the landfill. I freaking love you. Amen, amen, amen. Can more people need to know this? Here's the thing is that if you read every marketing book, it tells you you got to slam your brand on it or else people are going to forget. You got every book says you got to make the gift about you. It's not a gift. Mm. So people think they can do things in business that they would never do in their personal life. Like you'd never go to a wedding and take the Tiffany's vase and put, you know, compliments of the Johnson family. <laughs> That'd be the cheesiest thing in the world. But we do it in business. We call it branding and gifting and marketing. Yeah. And what we don't realize is we're actually doing neither. We're not deepening the relationship. And most people, especially affluent, more successful people, they're never going to wear your brand. Or if they do, it's once a year out of guilt. So now you have gift guilt that you're putting on to people of like, hey, did you like my jacket? Hey, did you like my whatever? And it's yeah. like, no, I didn't like it because I'm not going to wear your freaking brand. God. And so the focus of the whole planning process is, is being strategic and saying and looking at it through the other person's eyes. Same as you would do for like your spouse. Like, you know, if you've read the book, The Five Love Languages, like most people tend to give a gift in the way that they like to receive it versus yeah. the way the other person actually wants to get it. And so understanding a gift isn't about you. It's not about your colors. It's not about your, it's about the other person. And when you do gifting that way, when you go all in, you personalize it. Even if I send the same stupid knife set to 10,000 people, but I put their name on it, their family name, I put their, if they're into faith, I put scripture verses, 
you know, if they're an author, I'll take the best quotes from their book and I'll engrave it into the blades. So like Tony Robbins or uh, Roland Frazier, these guys have $5,000 knife sets on their countertop. They could buy $105,000 knife sets. The reason they kept it is because now it's an artifact of their wisdom that they'll pass down to their future grandkids. And we've seen people fight over our gifts because they're not a gift. They're an artifact. They're literally like a part of the fabric of who that person is, their core values, what makes them tick. And now like it's being woven into every time they have dinner with their family and friends and they're talking about the gift and who gave it to them. In this case, for Roland, it was me and Pete Vargas. For Tony Robbins, it was Pete thanking Tony and Sage. And so they could buy their own knife set. It's not about the knives. The knives are a delivery vehicle for this emotional connection. And that's where people are like, hey, what's the hot new sexy gift? I'm like, who cares what the hot new sexy gift is? Like, if you don't understand the process to deliver it the right way, you completely negate all the benefit of what you're going for. Hey, real quick, I wanted to interrupt and tell you about this super cool VIP experience that is a part of our Instagram growth and engagement challenge. This offer is seriously so cool. You get access to recorded live trainings by Shaleen and I, where you will learn how to actually grow your following and increase your engagement. In this challenge, you will learn things like the latest hashtag strategies, how to 10x your engagement, what to post with text reminders to actually help you post, how to get more followers in five days. You'll get a 30-day content calendar so that you won't have to worry about coming up with content anymore. You'll also get access to, like I said earlier, the five live recorded workshops and five bonus recorded Q&A sessions. And that's all just for the price of $37.95. Basically, by the end of this challenge, you will be an IG master. I have gotten so many DMs from people following this challenge telling me how their engagement is just through the roof, how they're getting 70% more likes on their photos, how they're getting way more comments, and they're getting way more reach on the explore page and via hashtag. So if you want to finally breakthrough on Instagram and take it to the next level, then I highly recommend joining our Instagram growth and engagement challenge. To learn more and to join the VIP experience, which I highly recommend you do, just visit shaleen.com slash IG growth. Okay, anyways, back to the episode. Well, let's back this up a little bit. Do you suggest that people spend a certain percentage earmarked of their budget just to gifting? And if so, is there a percentage? Yeah, yeah, there is. Everything that we do, we try to make it a math equation. Because most people, like they look at the metrics down to like the percentage point on their funnel or on their advertising budget, or their conversion on Facebook, and then it's gifting. It's like, I don't know, 15 grand here, go do that. And they'll delegate mm -hmm. it to an assistant. And they haven't put any strategy and there's no metrics to it. And so for us, it's basically you're reinvesting a percentage of net profit. I don't care what your gross is. Because companies sometimes have huge numbers, but their actual net is small. And so it's a reinvestment between 5 and 15% of net back into relationships to keep them, hopefully to grow with them and cross-sell or to upsell. And the secret sauce is, is that over time, you inspire that person to go sell on your behalf. This mm -hmm. goes not just in network marketing. This is all industries. If you love, like Cameron Harold is a guy I met. He's one of the top business coaches in the world, wrote Double Double and Meeting Suck. I couldn't hire him for $2 million to be a salesperson for him. But I, over 10 years, I gifted him $20,000 of things, no strings attached. One of them was a $7,000 Brooks Brothers experience in his hotel room as a, as a surprise. 
And he has opened up so many doors. I literally did the math the other day. It was a 50X ROI. Wow. Seven figures came from one person. For 20 grand, I can't even hire an assistant for 20 grand. For 20 grand of gifting to the right person over time with the right intentions, no manipulation, no strings attached, I inspired Cameron. And the goal is to inspire all of your big relationships to go sell and tell stories on your behalf. That's how you get referrals without asking. That's how you get people, like you become a story worth telling and people can't help themselves but want to. And so Cameron, you know, like we charged earlier this year, 85 grand to speak in Australia. Seven years ago, I was begging to speak for free. Wow. But Cameron was the one that booked my first big stages before I had Giftology the book or anything. Like he went out of his way because he, he felt this reciprocity of like, I want to help John win. And when you can get your clients to want to help you win, and sell on your behalf, like five words that they say is worth more than 5,000 that you're ever gonna say on a video or on a, a landing page or anything else. And that's the secret sauce. It's not rocket science, but most people aren't willing to pour into relationships that long to inspire them to go sell on their behalf. That's the secret sauce, but you mentioned a key ingredient that I think many people are reluctant to add enough of it, and that is persistence, determination. Like they think, oh, I've tried. I doubt that very many people have the persistence to follow up for years, let alone five years, six years, seven years. How do we know at what point it's time to give up or like this person just is not going to reciprocate? This is money that I'm spending and time that I'm devoting to an individual where it's just a one-way relationship. Well, I, I think one of the things I didn't realize early on in business was that there's givers, takers, and matchers. Let's talk about that concept. I love it. Some people are givers. They want to just open doors. Some people are matchers, which is most people. They'll do, if you do something nice, guess what? They'll reciprocate. And then there's the takers that people that will just take, 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 and they'll never reciprocate. They'll never open doors. Maybe they'll act like they're going to, but never really do it. And it's really Adam Grant's concept in his book, Give and Take. I read that probably six years ago and it changed my world. But I remember early on, I was trying to convert people that would never convert. And I, I, so I'm throwing good money after bad. What I have also realized is that sometimes you're giving to people and maybe they're going through a divorce or maybe they're not in a position to actually be able to reciprocate or their kids in the hospital or their business is struggling and nobody really knows that. So there's been times where I've planted seeds that took a decade before they you know, sprouted into something significant mm -hmm. where they went from this company over to here and now they could actually influence the marketing team or the, you know, the sales team or whatever else. So sometimes we think we're like, you know, being taken advantage of, but really we're just planting seeds that are dormant. But more than anything, I would say is find the people that are givers and matchers and pour all of your budget into those areas. And don't worry about, like sometimes people are like, oh, what if I send a gift and I don't get a response or I send seven gifts? And I'm like, one acorn can turn into an oak tree, which can turn into a thousand acorns. And I think we sometimes, like I'll still see people like micromanaging, be like, oh, I don't know if I want to send this gift or not. I'm like, guys, like, I have some clients that will send out a gift to 30 people inside of one company. And they're like, well, isn't that a waste? So I'm like, no, they're going wide and mm. deep because if that person that they're working with gets let go or moves on, they want to still have that business relationship. And so if somebody's worth a half a million dollars in profit to you, I'm pretty sure you could send 30 people gifts. Why am I sending a gift to someone who is a prospect or someone who I don't yet have a relationship with? How do I justify that? How do I know when it's the right time to send a gift? Because I know many of the people who are listening right now are thinking about those individuals or businesses. They'd like to get on their radar. They'd like to do business with them. They're prospects, but they're like, 
what am I just sending them a gift for what? Two things. One is 80% of the budgets that we work with, we focus on warm markets. So people you already have a relationship with. Most people get excited about whale hunting and dream 100 and that's fine. But most people take for granted the people that they already have a relationship with. The focus for us is on the prospecting side is to focus on thanking them for two things. One is if somebody gives you even five minutes of your time, it's amazing to me how many people like waste somebody's time. And for some people, five minutes or an hour of their time might be worth thousands or tens of thousands of dollars an hour. So early on when I was in my 20s, I'd go meet with somebody. It was like a CEO of a big company. When I want to get like build a relationship and ask good questions. Afterwards, I'd send a knife set, a couple hundred dollars, two, three hundred bucks. Thanks for carving out time. The responses I got were, John, I've been in business for like 50 years and I've never had anybody, let alone a 20-something-year-old, thank me for my time. Most people pick my brain, waste my time, think they buy me a cup of coffee. You went out of your way to listen and you're not asking for anything. You're just honoring the one thing I'll never get more of, which is time. And so we've found that when you do thank somebody for their time or you thank them just because, I love what you're doing in the world. I love what you're doing with this. I appreciate the partnership. I appreciate the relationship. Not you sent me a referral, not you sent me a deal, not you did a renewal, you know, not like any, those are all like people say they're in the relationship business, but when you only do gifts during those sorts of things, it's a transactional business. You mm -hmm. give me a referral, here's your thing. You sign up, here's your gift. Like that's not relational, that's transactional. It's tit for tat. And the higher up the food chain you go, the less they want to have that sort of transactional relationship. We all love to be, you know, the Ritz Carlton surprised and delighted. Why? Just because. And so that's where most people ruin the gifts is they make them transactional versus, and even yes. on the prospecting side, like when you can show somebody that you really understand who they are and honor them, like people, we send these thousand dollar mugs to people are like, how could you spend a thousand dollars on a mug? Yeah, please tell me that. We have an artist that we work with and it takes four weeks to make and carved into it is their core values, their family, who believed in them and mentored them first, like their faith. Like it's basically like, like a lifetime achievement award carved into this piece of clay. And I've had people that literally like billionaires reach out in tears. They're like, John, this is more valuable than my $50,000 watch. Every time I use this, which is daily coffee or tea, whatever, I'm reminded that I matter and what matters in my life. Mm. And when you can get into somebody's, the fabric of their being and who they are and what they really care about, that $1,000 can outplay a $50,000 item because they can always go replace their $50,000 watch or their home or the whatever. But when you get into the essence of like, would I go grab that in a fire if my house was on fire? You know, like you think about the things you grab, it's not the most valuable thing. It's usually the things that are most meaningful. You know, if your dad served in the military, your mom or your grandfather or pictures or like things that are irreplaceable. And so that's where like when you're prospecting, people are like, I want to send something out to 10,000 people. I'm like, no, you don't. How about we go really deep on these 50 and go mm. all in on these 50? Because if we get five of these 50, they will dwarf like what you invested in the other 45. And most people go too wide versus going super deep and going all in with a few. Not everyone is skilled at the art of finding the appropriate gift. We've all have that family member who, no matter what you open up, you know, it's going to be horrible. You know, you're going to have to return it. You know, they have like no clue who you are and what you do. And you just go, huh? And then there's that person where no matter what it is, no matter whether it's tiny or it just always feels like, how did they know? Is that a skill? And if so, share with us some tips on how we can improve that skill. 
Yeah, well, I would say it's a skill because if I'm, my love language isn't gifting. I'm a farm boy who grew up milking goats in Ohio. Like I wasn't around nice gifts or country clubs or like amazing boutiques or any of that kind of stuff. Like my mom was a garage sale shopper, but she could go and make a dollar go far because she like what I teach is it's not the thought that counts. Some people are like, oh yeah, it is. I'm like, no, it's the thoughtful thought. It's mm. not spending the most money. It's understanding what makes that other person tick. And most people have a tendency, guys are the worst at this. I think women, emotional intelligence-wise, are way better and tend to be better gift givers because they're thinking through the other person's eyes. Most guys shop through their own eyes, their own lens. Like if we like steak, we buy people steak. If we like wine, we buy wine. If we like golfing, we take people golfing. And that's not what makes a great gift. A great gift makes it like, what's their love language? Like, do they want this big like celebration or they want something small? Are they somebody that's fancy or do they want something more practical? And oftentimes what I'll say is that the handwritten note that goes with the gift is more valuable than what you're giving because it provides the meaning and the context. And so we won't let when people hire us to do gifting, if we're not able to do handwritten notes, we won't take them on as a client. And they're like, what are you talking about? Can we just automate this? And I'm like, relationships aren't automated. And if you don't put the handwritten note with it, it will land like it'll be very hollow. It'll feel like it was just... You just tried to spend money just to send them stuff. And the note is what provides the meaning, the context, the thoughtfulness, why you picked it for them. It provides the understanding of why it was received. And so the handwritten note to me, if you don't have a budget, go take and buy the nicest paper. Like our letterhead is $9 each. It's just sheet of steel. And people are like, $9 is a waste. I'm like, you'll spend $18 on a flashlight that people will throw away in three months. I would rather True. spend $9 on a piece of steel and write, take an hour if you need to, Write the most thoughtful note to that person. And if you want to cry and make them cry, go and take it to them and read it to them in person. Oh, geez. And there's all kinds of studies that have shown like your joy and gratitude will go up. And so will theirs because most people, like when you're actually told that you matter and why and get specific, like it just unlocks an emotional part of us. So the handwritten note to me more than anything else, like if you can nail that part and pull yourself into the note, it changes relationships. Where do I do the research to figure out what it is that makes this person tick, how it is they like to be appreciated, and what type of gift would be very meaningful to them? Yeah. If it's somebody close to you, you listen. Because like, you know, everybody's giving clues and how they talk and what they talk about and what they're passionate about. But I'll say is that the most universal thing for us on the business side, it's why we do the inner circle and spend 80% of our budget there is because like, it's so difficult sometimes when you're dealing with affluent people to get on their radar. But if you can take care of the people that are usually ignored around them, which oftentimes on social media, you can find out even people you don't know, their, you know, their spouse's names, their pet's names, their passions, their interests. What I would say is that it's better to go all in on a small detail. And what I mean by that is you could spend $500 on a Seiko watch and think you're giving somebody something awesome. But if they're wearing a Rolex, it's kind of an embarrassing gift. You spent $500, you're proud of it. But to them, they're going to re-gift it. Whereas if you went and spent $80 on a luggage tag, nobody spends $80 on a luggage tag, but it's handmade out of leather and brass just for them. $80 luggage tag will outplay a $500 watch because it's a different, it's a best in class in a category where most people have like a 50 cent one and you go and get them an $80 version of it. Mm. Even somebody that's worth millions would be like, I would never go buy this luggage tag, but I'm really glad I have one. That's why the knives work. Most people have like a $20 set of knives they got when they got married from Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. You send them one knife for 200 bucks or a full set for a couple grand. And it's an area that they would never go buy for themselves. But if you do it in a way that's thoughtful and then personalize it on top of that with the engravings, 
because now you're like, you start to intersect all of these little things that now handwritten note and the timing and all of that is basically what we call the giftology system. If your tribe wants to go download it. Yes, yes, please. We charge thousands of dollars to walk people through it personally, but if they want to go do it on their own, the same methodology that the Cubs use and that we use with Google and all these other companies, we literally will coach sales reps and account managers. Here's the process, who you're sending it to, when should you send it, what should the budget be, all of that. It's all there with videos to understand how to do it. Because at the end of the day, we know not everybody's going to become a client, but we want more people out there being radically generous with the relationships. And if that happens, good things start to happen. And so that whole process is right there. And that is at giftologysystem.com? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. For those people who are in network marketing and they're just getting started, or maybe they realize things have slowed down because they've stopped prospecting. How do I use this when I'm just maybe having brief conversations with people or someone's showing a little bit of interest in one of my social media posts? How do I apply this strategy on kind of a scaled back, just getting started? I'm in network marketing or in direct sales perspective. I would say the same principles apply. Now, what you're going to invest might be different. Sure. Yeah, you might not be going after a CEO of a Fortune 500 company or somebody that's making you know millions of dollars a year, but there's somebody that has affluence. I would say social media is great because people will put on their, their pets' names. You send a personal like little dish from Etsy that costs you $15 with the person's pet name on it and with a handwritten note. Are you kidding me? Like it's not about spending more money. It's in fact, it's oftentimes for any size company, it's about redirecting dollars and saying. Instead of sponsoring an event or picking up a bar tab for $300, what if you took that 300 bucks and invested it into six people, $50 a crack, with a handwritten note, really thoughtful, really personalized to them, included their kids or their pets or their spouse or whatever else? Because right now, almost everything is done automated. It's with logos. It's not personalized. And right now, we're craving connection because we're also isolated and we're spending more time at home. And so when a package shows up that's not from Amazon that we weren't expecting, and it's with a handwritten note you want to talk about, and, and that person like took the time to have the details right and to listen or to understand what made that person tick, like that's how you take $50 and have it play at a $5,000 level. It's with thoughtfulness. You might not be able to outspend your competitors, but if you can be more thoughtful than they are, like at the end of the day, that's who you're going to choose to work with. The person who says, wow, that person cares about human beings, that person cares about people, that person has a great attention to detail and follow through. Like a lot, of, a lot of us have good intentions. Oh, we should do this. Oh, I wanted to write that note. But then we never get around to doing it. So yeah. if you can take and start following through on things, not spending a ton of money, but the follow through, I call it pleasant persistence. Like, you know, there are a lot of people smarter than me and that are looking at all these other things, but mm -hmm. nobody's going to win on the pleasant persistence. Like I'm like a bulldog when it comes to, if I know I can help somebody and work with somebody, I'll keep showing up until they tell me that they hate me and they never want to talk to me again. Like I'm going to keep finding ways to sending love bombs to these people. And eventually, you know, they might not ever work with me, but they're never going to speak ill of me. They're only going to be able to speak good things because I've done things right intentions, right ways. And, and you know, followed up consistently, which at the end of the day, like that's who wins. Like yeah. the gold is in the follow-up. It's not in the, the flashy first thing. It's in the 10th thing and the 15th thing and the 20th thing. And, most people give up after the first or second. This is true. When we're just getting started and maybe we don't have that person's address, the relationship is very virtual. Some people feel very uncomfortable sharing their address with a stranger or you know, a new acquaintance online. 
How do you recommend that we start expressing or showing gratitude in a way that really stands out when the relationship is purely social media? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a lot of people, you know, Gary would be really good at, at doing personalized videos. Talk. I think that that's, you know, for me, like even with like Facebook, I don't post on people's Facebook page for birthdays. I make them a 60 second custom video and I text it to them. And it's different. It didn't cost me any money. I didn't have to have their address. I think that, you know, a young sales rep reached out and said, Hey, I just graduated. I'm going after these athletic directors. What do I do? And I said, I would go reach out to, you know, the guy who wrote Relentless, who was Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's athletic coach and trainer. Or I'd reach out to Angela Duckworth from Grit or one of these people that have a book that really applies to, you know, overcoming obstacles, Ryan Holiday, get them to sign the books and then reach out to people and say, Hey, I have this book. It's personally signed to you. It's blah, blah, blah. I'd love to send it. Should I send it to a business address or home address? I just want to make sure that it gets to you. Great way to ask it. And now all of a sudden, like you're not saying I'm going to send you a Rolex. You're just sending a book, but it's personalized to them. Maybe you have to pay instead of $25 for the book, you reach out to the author directly and say, I'll pay $75 to get these personally autographed to these 25 people or these 10 people. You're honoring the author. Now you're, you have a personalized gift that doesn't really cost that much. But most yeah. people, if you customize the message and say, hey, I got something I think that can really apply to you in this time, and here's why I think so, they're going to give you an address. Even if it's a PO box, it's going to get to them. Right. And so now you have that. And now you can start to build the relationship and follow up with other things. But that's the way to you know not just say, hey, I want to send you something. Because they're going to be like, what are they going to send me? Are they going to send me a lizard? Are they going to send me a, <laughs> you know, like chocolates? Or what are they going to send me? They're like. That unknown, that uncertainty, that's weird, it's kind of icky. But if you say, hey, I know you, at least I know, I think I know the things that you like. And here, I think this would apply. You're not going to get 100% of the people to reach back out. But even if six out of 10, that's six new relationships that you have to start engaging. Do you share with people how to systematize this process? Because, you know, the second we're done having a conversation, there's a notification that pops up on our phone, which then distracts us. It's a month later, and we're like, oh, man, I meant to send that person a thank you for the time they spent with me. How is it you can help us manage that process? Well, for somebody's core group of people, it could be their top 50, top 100. If they, on the war market, we'll lay out a relationship plan for 12, 24, 36 months in advance. I have some clients for all of their employees, all thousand employees. We laid out the plan for a decade. We know what's going out when. And so our firm takes care of handwriting the notes and sending out the gifts and all that. It's already on autopilot, but we determined it ahead of time. And then we do the heavy lifting. And so that's what we recommend is, is be strategic as much as possible and then outsource it to somebody that can actually mm. do the fulfillment and heavy lifting. Because we all have good intentions, but we don't, like, we're all busy. We're not going to get around to it. So if you can identify you know, your core bucket, your core people that are really important already, and then you can start to add other people into the flow, into the mix. But that's the focus for us is taking care of that warm market and being really strategic with what we call planned random. To serve the person who's listening, who is their one-man show, they're doing everything themselves. It's a very small group. It's a small budget. They're just getting started with this. How do you encourage them to track it and manage it themselves? Is that a system of setting reminders on your phone? What process do you have to help us stay on track? I mean, I'm all about like simple and practical. It doesn't have to be sexy. And honestly, like if you just take an Excel spreadsheet and list it out, like here's the top 10 people in my world. Here's, I'm going to map out. I want to talk to them once a month. It could be with a video, it could be with a text message, it could be with a gift, it could be with a handwritten note. Like it doesn't have to be complicated, but it does have to be written down somewhere. Mm. And just a simple Excel sheet of saying, hey, here's the 10 relationships or the 25 or the 50 that matter. 
you know, every day you're reviewing that list. Hey, I hit 10 people yesterday with a video. I'm going to do the next 10 or I hit 10 people with a handwritten note. I'm going to do the next 10. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's like anything else, but you have to have a place that you store it. And then it's a matter of like reviewing. It's like your goals or anything else. You review it and take action on it. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be sexy, but it's the consistent action. If you do that, I mean, think about if you would write three notes a day, we all know like that's a thousand notes in a year. But how many people write a thousand notes a year? Yeah. Very few. How powerful. And it would take 10 minutes. How many notes did you write this year? Over 2,500. Jeez. And I have a team of people that help. I'm helping craft them. Sure. But I have a team of people that I'm writing and they're writing. I mean, we yeah. had one, one week alone or one day alone where we sent 350 out to see. Oh my goodness. Handwritten. On steel. It's amazing. I really appreciate it. I think it's a forgotten skill. It's something that it's an art form and it's so powerful. And when today, when we're looking for ways to stand out and make an impression and truly connect with people, it's got to be personal. John, you are awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about where we can find your book? The number one place is Amazon. Well, I can think of a few people who I plan to gift it to. Well, that's awesome of you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, Amazon's the best place. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you loved that as much as I did. I was sitting here just mentally making all these notes on people who I need to acknowledge and express my gratitude for. I think I've been doing a great job of it. I mean, I did think that I was until I had this opportunity today and I realized I've been sending the same gift to everyone. How personal is that? Man. So I'm giving myself a score of three, but after this knowledge, I definitely am going to spend a lot more time thinking about how to really personalize that experience because I do want people to feel how much gratitude I have for them. I have a lot of gratitude for you. Thank you for listening today. It is always my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my gift to you. I hope that you loved it. If you want to know my love language, it is words of affirmation. Yep. It would mean the world to me to have you take a few minutes of your time, which I know is incredibly valuable, to write a review for Build Your Tribe. You can write it on this episode or an episode that Brock has done or just the show in general. It's very, very much appreciated. I love you. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.